Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Tone Talk with Mark Uzanski and Dave Friedman. Uh, we've got an awesome guest today, Jen Majera of Evanescence. What's up, Jen? Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hey. Hey. How are you? I'm good. Jet lagged. I, I am jet lagged. She's jet lagged. She's I just jet, recovered she's from COVID. <laughs> We're a mess. Uh, <laughs> it's horrible. I don't know. Like two years on the couch and uh, two years of not touring haven't helped. And two years on my on my age card didn't really help to get over a jet lag. Back in 2019, I was just like two days back home and I'm like, all right, I'm happening Snap again. Back. And Snap now back. it's like I'm, I'm back for a week and still like... It's hard. <laughs> so hard. Well, that was a long tour, though. You were on tour for a while, right? Um, it was even longer than expected because I was supposed to be back in Germany on uh, December 22nd or 23rd, something like that. Um, but then we had to, like, interrupt the tour, reschedule the dates because of obvious reasons, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, Someone caught COVID. Yeah. And it's it's just crazy because we went to... Cincinnati we went to the to the venue and we decided like we can't do this we can't keep going we have to like stop mm. this and better reschedule for everybody's safety not only us and the tour bubble and the crew but the fans and everybody and um I remember I was on the I was sitting in my hotel room and my tour manager called me and he's like what are you gonna do and I said okay uh I was so traumatized by not being able to entering the country, not getting to the States. I was like, no, I'm no way I'm traveling back to Germany. Um, I'm going to stay. And I stayed with a sweet, dear heart friend of mine, Travis Larson, who's a phenomenal guitar player, by the way, um, in California. And I called him. I was like, hey, could you pick me up tomorrow at the airport? (laughs) I'm going to stay with you for who knows how long. (laughs) And then we rescheduled the dates. Uh, It was just five remaining dates. And uh, yeah. And finished the tour successfully. I'm very proud of my band, of Amy, of the boys. I'm very proud of our crew, of everybody involved in this, making this happen. And then I got back home last Sunday. And ever since then, I'm just like, I'm a walking zombie. It's just, (laughs) it's impossible. (laughs) Uh, Sorry to hear that. Well, uh, (laughs) you'll snap back soon. I hope so. Yeah. Sure. Um, Get get all your, your gear set up and then you'll start jamming. Hopefully, and yeah, uh, exactly. So um, either that, or you're sick of it after touring for a while. <laughs> how can you ever be sick of touring? Honestly, you you cannot get sick of touring. Well, that's, I'm glad to hear that. Mm-mm. Not everyone. I, I think that that'll never happen. Yeah. Um, this production we had on this run was the biggest production ever, Evanescence ever had ever, and it was it was new, it was fresh, it was weird, it was giant and uh i really enjoyed it i keep saying you know it's and i say that in a lot of interviews being on tour with evanescence i come from a mid-sized metal band european touring mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. um ever since i got the gig with evanescence in 2015 touring is more like it's it's more like this grand awesome vacation with your best friends and then you get on top of that you get to play these awesome shows right so i don't see this as work or of course it's work but it's it's not work you know it's right. it's more it's like fun, a fun yeah. travel time and yeah that's awesome. so i i will never get sick of touring never ever Dream. You're not in a van with a bunch of people uh, no. traveling <laughs> That's from right. club That's... to club or theater to theater. No, uh, although I know that 
I even know, like, travel, traveling to the gigs with my own car, loading all the gear into the car, yeah. driving for 20 hours, like, getting out of the car, doing sound check, and then there's no time for dinner, but you have to play the show. And then after the show, you run for your money to the promoter. And I remember all of that. I mean, yeah. that's, that's how I started. So right. I get that. And to get into the professional business, I was working as a guitar tech. I was working as a stagehand. I was working as a tour manager, merchandiser, you know, like, I've done all that so i believe that this gives me really a position of you know even even more appreciating what i have and what i'm yeah. allowed to experience right now and you know how it all works too right no, no one can pull yeah. any wool over your eyes on that one <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's the way it's supposed to be right you know you pay your dues and then and then and then hopefully your dream come true right and then you get to play in a great band like that so right yeah that's fantastic. Um, how'd you get into Synergy? <laughs> okay. I, uh, I was working with Angle Amps for 17 years of my life. And I was playing this um, German giant metal festival called Wacken. And, and uh, Engel approached me. And I was always happy with them. But then after 17 years, I felt like I want to... No, I, I want to change for me as a person and a musician. I just felt like it's time for a change. Mm. And I was talking to different amp companies and Synergy were like really interesting for me. And to be really honest, <laughs> I first thought this must be bullshit. <laughs> 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 the first time I looked at the whole thing, because, you know, we scheduled an appointment and we met and... I walk into this amp room and I see all these amps and there's the synergy section. I'm like, okay, let's do this. And and there you have a power head with two holes in it. How is this supposed to sound great, right? It's like, it's got two holes in it. And I'm like, this is not gonna, I was super skeptical, super skeptical. And um, to be honest, I first thought, because I used the um, HPE and the BBBE modules. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I first thought, honestly, that I would, probably go with diesel that was my original thought and i started checking out the vh4 and i was like hmm, not really and then i checked all the other modules and because the the i don't know if everybody is familiar with the way synergy amps work so they have like exchangeable preamp modules so you have a power section which is you know it's just a power section, a power head or, you know, and then you exchange the preamp modules. And I was honestly very fascinated that it actually works. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how is this possible? Because for me, it, it's stupid. I know. But for me, I saw an amp with a hole in it and I'm like, this can't, this can't be good. <laughs> it's, it's an amp head with a fucking oh, hole in it. Yeah, so, yeah. but um, as soon as I plugged it in and I, I had all the different modules to check it out. And, and I, I have to say that it was convincing. It was like, I plugged in and I was like, Oh my God, this really works. And it feels good to play. Exactly. You know, I don't, I don't care how much an amp costs and I don't care about the styles and the looks and, I, I need to feel good when I play it. And what I really want is like the direct um, um, 
reaction of of the amp and the cab and everything and they took a lot of time to spend with me just to like for me to be able to like go through all the different modules and just check their gear out pretty much the deal was done the day i checked it out because i just fell in love with their opportunities plus i mean on top of that you have to see that synergy with i mean we all know it's not new I mean, right, Randall right. came up with that like ages ago. But yeah. um, actually, the lineage of it was Bruce Eggnator yes, came up with it. Exactly. And, and uh, he had his own versions of it and then sold the license to Randall. Exactly. And exactly. But, uh, now Synergy and now the updated versions of things. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And um, I must say, I think the concept is really like, for me, the best mixture to walk between the modern and the old analog way. Um, I'm still flexible. I am not a big fan of modelers. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I use the Helix Line 6 Helix pedal board, but I run it through just the FX channel, you know, just like for effects and stuff. For effects, right. Yeah. And I am, I don't know, maybe call it old school. I just love a good tube amp sound and... Synergy was just a very convincing model and idea for me to exist in Evanescence, which is high gain mm -hmm. riffing music. You know, it's just like gong, 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 gong. <laughs> and then my solo stuff, like I have two solo albums that they don't sound like Evanescence. And mm -hmm. I work a lot of, you know, with dynamics and it's more hard rock than the really heavy, chunky riffing thing. And this is when I really realized that uh, all that, especially the HPE sound, is just perfect because I love it's it's very dynamic, and it works for my solo music perfectly. But I realized it also works for the chunky Evanescence stuff. Hmm. And hmm. yeah, that's are, you <laughs> are you like well, are you rolling the volume knob back to kind of clean things up? And yeah, it's a it's really responsive. I've I've got a I've got the Sin Sin fifty head, nice, and yeah. uh, also an Iraq. I've got the Sin two. Yeah, uh, I got I got two rack versions for the Evanescence stuff, and I yeah, got I a that rack. thirty watt hat here at home for clinics because thirty watts is a lot. It's mm -hmm. totally enough for me to play clinics. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when you're running the Helix, is it in four cable method or yeah. just in okay? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So are you running anything in front? Also, some effects in front of the amp. <laughs> And okay, here's the story with me and, and facts. First Evanescence rehearsal ever, 2015. I come from playing in an ACDC tribute band. Mm -hmm. I was the Angus. I had no pedals at all. I didn't even have the nom, 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 I feel nice delay for solos. <laughs> I had nothing. Right, it was dry, just, honestly yeah. nothing. There was a super dry sound. The only thing that I connected that was in between my guitar and the amp was a tuner. I had um, a MIDI booster for the solos, which every front of house guy was like, ah, your solo sound is not nice enough. And I'm like, that's what it is. Just boost me. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> this is what it is. And um, I remember that I was standing in this room. We um, have our headquarter in Nashville at SIR. And... Um, you know, almost after every song, somebody walked up to me and was like, oh, well, for this song, you need a chorus. Wow, got you a chorus pedal. Ah, for the next song, you need a flanger. All right, flanger. 
Hey, uh, you definitely need a delay here. At the end of this day, I have this this battery of pedals standing in front of me. And I remember we play one song, it's called The Change. And I was supposed to jump on three pedals at the same time and keep playing. And I'm like, dude, this is possible. This is like not what I do. I I, I just can't. I mean, you know, there are guitar players out there who are great with the pedal dance. Awesome. Mm. That's that's awesome. But I can't. (laughs) This is not my life. It's got to be set up. And then I exactly. And then I just talked to the line six guys. I'm like, guys, you have to come up with something. Help me. And it was pretty much I think it was pretty much the year when they came up with the Helix. So I was probably one of the first Helix and Dorsey's out there. And it made my life so much easier because it's just, you know, I do not. I've never been a real pedal yeah you know i mean look I, I i'm i'm actually a switched believer now i don't know how dave oh. feels about it but for me i want i just got the the helix effects i had uh, that device too but then I, I don't know i missed the expression pedal and it was limited so it's limited I, it's limited it's kind of my it's kind of like my entry like my little appetizer into it yeah, or or the HX Stomp. Yeah, I'm a fan of this one. This one saved me on tour because I, it travels in my wardrobe case. So for mm. warming up, I use this. Um, I used it for recording guest solo spots in my hotel room, and so I'm a big HX Stomp fan. Cool. Yeah, but you know, I but just using the effects, I do it in 4K yes. method. It's really cool. I mean, I'm like, it's close. It's almost. It's so close. Yeah. I don't know if, you know, I mean, I was comparing it to some friends. I did a little video and just, you know, here's a flanger on the helix and here's a flanger pedal. Right. Through the front of the amp. How does it sound? You know, and they were like, both of them sound good to me, you know, so. It's close. And maybe it's just me being old school or me being obsessed with, you know, analog stuff. But I always feel like there's this digital sizzling. Yeah. Whatever I use yeah. in, in modeling, you know, it's it's like. I'm, that's it, why cool. definitely I'm a big fan of like tube amps. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's the difference for real. Like, uh, of course I know, but you know, it's 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 a whole different ballgame when you stand on a stage and you have this power of a of a heated up, ready to go tube amp firing from from your back. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's just a different feeling, and I yeah. love it. And as long as I have a guitar tech who cares my shit, yeah. And and regardless, <laughs> even you know, if, it, regardless if you're using in ears, you're still feeling. Exactly. The, the thing behind you, you know. Exactly. And, and I think if you take that away, isn't some of the rock missing? You know what I mean? For it, me, it's like for me, yes. It's 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 like when you see a band that has no backline and it's all direct. There's there's something missing. <laughs> it, just, I know exactly what you mean, like, and I agree a hundred thousand percentage. Like, yes. I've seen it too before where um, you see a multi-band bill and some are using amps and some are using all direct uh, modelers or something. And there's a big difference. Yeah, it is. You you see the band and you're like, wow, that was great. This The other one comes on. You're like, uh, huh. Exactly. (laughs) It just, it just, (laughs) you know, it's, it's hard to describe because you cannot really describe it. But like you said, there's something missing Mm -hmm. and it gives the, the depth, the warmth, the mighty power of, life experience to the whole performance 
I don't I don't know. It's we did I'm, another tour with orchestra in 2018, 2019 when we toured our album Synthesis. And we were literally merged into an orchestra and I literally just played through the helix. Yeah. It was different. It was just different. That oh, was missing. And mm. it's just the mighty balls that I miss. Oops. No, you can you can I say just, balls. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that feeling that I miss when I don't have a tube amp. Yeah. And I tried. Honestly, I tried. My production manager made me try for ever to just like travel with a modular and like be travel light, you know, forget about the cabs on stage, just go direct and nah. I just don't like it. I just don't like Plus, it. Plus what what you also said is about the feel, right? You you're on stage, you want to be able to feel have that feeling that you know that it's a real amp and exactly and, well, you can also get feedback if you if you'd like or you right. want to use Honestly. it you can, you can lean into the cabinet and you can you could get it and that's exciting right. you can you can do that and feel great about it's stupid to say that but you can feel great about yourself because you created this effect this sound this mm -hmm. feedback this moment mm -hmm. i have a friend i'm not mentioning his name but he's playing in a very big band <laughs> but he's a also one of the guys who uses modeling things and he had his guitar tech even program a feedback mm -hmm. sure. to certain spots in yep. the set list and i said to him like don't you feel like a stupid clown if you i mean you turn <laughs> you turn around you face your cab and you go like oh, i'm so good i'm making this feedback and all it all that yeah. happens is your fucking guitar tech pushes a button I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't understand. It. It's yeah, yeah. They also have pedals that do that now. I right? know. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. So like frequency. Yeah. Or, or you know, you go to all this trouble to have this modeling rig, and then you decide, oh, you know, maybe I'll have a monitor in front of me that I can swell <laughs> it in so I can get feedback. And then you're just then you're back to having a cab, and it's uh, right. Yeah, the real deal is just the best. And even my guitar tech, because with this past tour the that we just finished, we had a lot of like, I don't want to call it choreography, but it was like walking a lot up the risers and stand here on that X and be there on that time and in that song, play this part on that riser. And my guitar tech, uh, Tyler Dragness, who I love, um, he was like, well, I can switch for you. Um. And I said, no, mm. I don't want that. I at least want to have like a, we switched from the, from the, um, from the Helix floor pedal version to the MIDI controller because of the rack version now. Mm -hmm. And it's even weird for me that I, I, I don't have the control of like, if something would go wrong, I cannot like fix it because I just have a MIDI controller. And I don't like that. And I trust him a hundred percent. He's doing a fabulous job. But when he was like, well, I can switch for you so you don't have to run back to your MIDI controller and run back to the riser or whatever. And I said, no, I don't want that because for me personally, maybe, oh God, I come across so old school. But for <laughs> me, I, I have to feel the the moment, the switching. It's it's part of my job. It's, it's not part of my... It's not part of my guitar tech's job to create a feedback or switch a channel. This is part of being a guitar player. You're mm -hmm. responsible yeah. for the sounds that you play and you have to switch them. I would mm -hmm. never ever do that. Hmm. I'd rather, yeah. you know, not jump on the riser. And just you can put another sounds. MIDI controller up in the other spot. 
Yeah, no. <laughs> we talked about that, but how about no? <laughs> That's another solution, Dane. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I've done rigs for a living, so <laughs> this is all my life. So yeah. I've I mean, Troy, Troy, our other guitar player, he plays an analog old pedal board with a lot of like effects and stuff on there. And um, he was getting confused with how am I supposed to switch? Because he plays way more than I do. Mm -hmm. I literally play a lot of the, you know, the riffs and mm -hmm. he's got all the solo sounds, all the different delays and fuzz and all the stuff going on. Mm. And um, he was like, I, I cannot jump up here and, and run down and just switch at the same time i so they they came up with this decision that their guitar uh, well troy's guitar tech he's going to switch for him and i remember a conversation with troy where he was like completely you know he was feeling weird it's odd when you walk on stage and there's no wedges there's no pedal board there's nothing it's an empty stage and you just perform and out of a sudden your sound changes for you know, yeah. for the solo or, mm -hmm. and you That's have to weird. trust your guitar tech a thousand percentage to I know the songs, dead on. everything right, because it's you on stage and you play and it's your face and your band, but the guitar tech is in charge of switching amps and the, sounds and effects and stuff. And I just, it's not that I don't trust my guitar tech, but I feel like it's my job to do that. And I don't want to, and too much can go, too much can go wrong. Either. It's well, a, I can, it's, I it's can way, switch you know, wrong too. I mean, everyone does that, you know. It's yeah. it's it's, it's uh, you know, yeah. Jerry. I mean, Jerry Cantrell doesn't switch anything. I know so many of those you know? guys who don't switch anymore. I know, but I think you, it's just weird. He uses you know, real I'm... amps. <laughs> True. Yeah, he uses real amps. That's for sure. <laughs> hey, we um have a super chat from L Scott Music. Uh, hey, Jen, so glad you made it here for your synergy modules. Check out Burns Cases store uh four modules in a tsa case oh interesting yeah Scott, actually, thank you so much that sounds amazing yeah i have one over here nice i can grab it can you show it yeah sure one second okay i won't break anything Ooh, oh i like the style <laughs> <laughs> yeah a little nice. stripy. uh well, but yeah cool. you, and you can as it has a cover also i took the cover off but yeah you can store you can put it in you know it's nice. a little pelican kind of yeah thing. yeah it's right but he makes like the thing for it like the sliders whatever yeah. so it fits perfectly wow yeah, that's it's, cool it's a cool thing yeah i mean i i have to honestly say the only um module that i'm i sent most of the stuff back to synergy because i'm like you know i'm super happy with the hpe and it provides everything that i need for my clinics and my solo music and with evanescence of course there's that's a whole different ball game um but here right now, um, I travel with this one little tiny 30-watt amp head. And... Right. That's great. Yeah that, yeah, that thing works great. Um, So I read on Wikipedia, and of course, oh, that, has, that, has to be, that has to be right, right? Uh-huh. So... <laughs> of course. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay, what no life? Let's is going. discuss. No, it oh said you God. started playing at six. So is that true? Actually, four. Um, four? Wow. Yeah. Um, But piano. Okay. So my my dad was always obsessed with uh, turning me into this, you know, classic piano player. <laughs> um, and I, I don't know, I couldn't read notes, I couldn't sight read, and I was playing everything, you know, by listening by ear, and I got fired. <laughs> they didn't want to teach me. <laughs> and um, 
<laughs> I was like, you know what? I have to sit still. I can't jump around. And I'm a very high energetic person. So mm-hmm. I, I wanted to run around and headbang and do shit. And <laughs> I was like, okay, this is not my instrument. Um, right. <laughs> I still play the piano. I love playing the piano because you compose different on different instruments. And when I play the piano, I compose definitely in a complete different way, different chord progressions because your hands play different. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I think uh, piano is a very, very interesting and very important instrument to learn music theory because it's just so much clearer on on a piano instead of like a two-dimensional instrument like a guitar. Um, but yeah, at the, at the age of six, I was like, I want to play electric guitar. And my dad, of course, was like, oh, no. And, <laughs> um, but I, I got a very cheap pink colored honer. I don't even know if they still exist. They usually make like those yeah. um, guitar. And this guitar was shit <laughs> it was unplayable yeah, it was shit. horrible yeah <laughs> absolutely horrible but yeah. it was pink and you know i was a little girl so i loved the color pink and i'm uh yeah and then pretty much i got my first real guitar i think i think i was nine years old something like nine or ten years and i got um a white fender strat of course what else it's right. kind of like the ultimate beginner guitar although by now, when students, I own a music school, and when students ask me for a beginner guitar, most of the time I'm recommending the Yamaha Pacificas because mm-hmm. the price and what you get and everything, that the whole deal is like really, really good. Hmm. And uh, yeah, Yamaha or also like some of the cheaper RG models from Ibanez. I have to say that because I'm an Ibanez and Dorsey, but you know, honestly, the Yamaha. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I started. And now she's not an Ibanez and Dorsey anymore. <laughs> now you lost the game, goddammit. <laughs> and well, I start beginning guitar, you know, it's like, what's the best buy, right? What's the best? And also, yeah, what works. Yeah. Plus, you, you don't want to buy your kid a five grand PRS no. when it's not, you know, it's no. who knows? Maybe next year it's going to be football or tennis or and then their first, so, and, and their first guitar having a floyd would be pretty tough too yeah well mine had a floyd but i didn't know what to do with it right thank god maybe maybe that's why i go crazy on the floyd right now <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and every ever since then i i don't know that was my big love i was like this is my instrument this is how i can express myself this is how i feel comfortable this is how i love to spend my time and that's then it. but i also saw that you played bass as well. So um, was that Come just on. really just, just as a side thing or just what just... guitar player doesn't play bass? Huh? Yeah, that's true. It's every guitar player knows kind of how to play the bass. But I played in a band for a year and I remember it was two, uh, 20, 20, was it 2014? It was definitely before Evanescence. And we have this awesome festival here in Germany called Rock Hearts. It's one of my favorite festivals. A friend of mine is the promoter and he invited me and I got there. And also I played with two bands. Uh, On Friday, I was a guitar player. No, no. On Friday, I was a bass player. And on Saturday, I was a guitar player. And that was stressful because (laughs) playing two completely different gigs, like literally one on Friday, one on Saturday, I realized a bass player does listen different. You pay your monitor mix is a whole different ball game. You pay attention to hi-hat, bass drum, kick stuff. And um, as a guitar player, you listen to 
not that it's not important, but you you feel different, you move different, you your attention is different. It's and I was like, no, guys, I can't do this anymore because I am not a bass player. I'm a guitar player. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I was so, curious. Yes, I play a little bit of bass. I play a little bit of, you know, piano, a little bit of drums, a little bit of saxophone, flute, all kinds of stuff. So I think I think knowing a lot of instruments and how they work and what their range is um, helps you composing in a lot of ways and understanding the instrument. You know, when you everybody sort of does that, it programs drums and stuff. So you know that certain moves that might sound great are for a physical human flesh and blood drummer are not possible. Mm, and right. you only understand that when you understand a little bit of the physics of the instrument. So, yeah. That's great. Well, being a well-rounded musician. So who are some of your, uh, your oh, influences? God, I, hate this. I hate this question. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm so glad I asked it. Then. No, no, no. All good. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay. It started all out. I was a tiny little young girl and I loved Bon Jovi. So Richie Sambora is one of the first guitar players that I paid attention to. And after I could play every Bon Jovi guitar solo that there was on planet Earth, I was like, okay, let's move on and find other guitar players. And then I pretty much fast discovered Steve Vai. Um, yeah. he, he's a major deal in my life. I have, um, I don't have it here right now, but I have uh, the Blue Floor Patton Jam. I uh, have... My Pia, which I literally finally got, and uh, his um, swirl paint guy, David Bonvillian. I love you guys. Oh, wow. um, he made this Pia look like fantastic. But it's actually, I don't know where it is right now. So I played it on this tour for a couple of songs, <laughs> and now it's either in Nashville or in Newark. I don't know where it is. Maybe it's on a truck. Maybe it's on a ship. I don't know. Well, I don't know. <laughs> we'll find so, out. You'll be yeah, we'll find out. Definitely. So Steve Vai was a big influence. And um, over the years, I got inspired by mostly players that tend to be innovative. Um, not just because they shred fast. I've never been a fan of like fast shredding. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been super touched uh, by guitar players like of course, Guthrie. I mean, Guthrie is just no words can tell. Um, I'm super lucky to call him a friend, and he's amazing. Um, Matthias Ia Eklund from the mm-hmm. Swedish band Freak Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, he was one of the, if not the most inspirational guitar player in, in my in my music, because as a human and a musician, he has a lot of wisdom and a lot of innovative things to say and play. And I, I love his playing. And I think that he probably influenced me the most, the most Steve, I and Matthias, I guess. I don't know. And of Ooh. course, Nuno Bettencourt. I just have to say that Nuno Bettencourt, because I always have to mention that in every interview. And uh, recently, a couple of weeks ago, he agreed to go on a dinner with me. Because I keep saying for 30 years that he's the only man in my life. And now he finally agreed to go on a dinner with me. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I, I'm, a big, I, I'm a big fan of Nuno. Uh, I, he's I think he's it, fantastic. His playing is... It's you like, know what I love the most so about amazing. him is that he is a guitar player. Of course he can shred. Of course he can go like... Ah! But 
he plays what the song demands and the music demands. And there are too many guitar players out there that just, you know, cover the whole song, music, everything with just showing off. And I've never been a player like that. And Nuno is a guy who plays for the sake of the song instead of the sake of showing off. Right. And he's got a very delicate mixture of playing very percussive and he has a great vibrato and a great tone and he's just like really like he's in your face when he plays so mm -hmm. i love that it's like really honest playing and i love that yeah oh well, i'm a big fan of of vh you know van halen so right and he's really influenced by van halen also of I, can, course. I can hear a lot Who's of that not? <laughs> true right exactly exactly i met eddie i met eddie I was lucky enough to meet him. Uh, one of my uh, Ibanez RG450s has a signature. And I know that Eddie was not a big fan of like signing stuff, but I have a signature on the head of my guitar. It's, you know, Nashville or Newark, who knows, somewhere <laughs> there. And um, he was coming out to see a show and we played at the Greek a couple of years ago. And I remember I was joining um, the opening act, Cellogram, for one song, we played Kashmir, just rocking out. And and I was getting ready, had my ears in, you know, and I was like with my guitar and walking past Amy's dressing room. And I looked into the room and there was Eddie Van Halen. And I'm like, oh my God, there's Eddie Van Halen. I can't possibly <laughs> go on stage and play that song and he'll be gone by then. And, <laughs> and they already started the song. So I was like, I, I'm in a hurry. What am I going to do now? So I walked into the dressing room in really rudely interrupted their conversation i'm like hi i'm a biggest fan of yours you're amazing could you sign this guitar <laughs> and he was looking at me like uh who are you <laughs> and he signed my guitar and then i walked on stage played that gig like the one song and then afterwards i got off stage and i looked at my guitar i'm like this really happened. Oh my God. I, <laughs> I, I was in the room with Eddie Van Halen and I, he signed my guitar. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> my friend, Jeff Waters. He's so, so jealous. Uh, he's the biggest Eddie Van Halen fan that I know. He has everything. He's, he has an Eddie Van Halen fridge in his studio. Like he's crazy about Eddie Van Halen and he's so jealous about the signature. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice yeah I, I i've talked about like i'm such a fan that it, had i met him before he passed uh i don't know what i would have done i don't know how i would have acted <laughs> it was it was weird i tell you the day was so weird because troy my guitar player in evanescence my buddy and i we sat like kind of like outside and we kind of heard that eddie van halen edward van halen is on the guest list and he's about to come to the show but come on honestly really you you go like ah yeah of course right. yeah that yeah. gal will never show up come on <laughs> and we sat outside and I I remember there was a like a a big Hummer driving and parking and there was a driver coming out of the car like standing there with like you know a tie and a hat and sunglasses and Troy and I sat there like little kids we were like that's Eddie that's Eddie and he's coming to the show that's Eddie that's Eddie <laughs> it was it was nerve wracking and awesome to know that he was there and. Another friend of mine, Courtney Cox from the RMAs, she was there. And I remember that she texted me. I was not even on stage for that evening, you know. And, and she was like, oh, my mother fucking God, there's Eddie Van Halen sitting in front of me. And I'm like, all right, Eddie's here. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah.
We love Ed. Um, yep. So just one second. I want to um, remind everybody, check out Sweetwater. They We are, well, they sponsor our show. We get in the, have an affiliate link below. If you guys want to buy anything from Sweetwater, make sure you check the link out. And, uh, you know, we get a little commission back on that but the price remains the same for you guys nothing goes up or anything like that so please purchase from sweetwater also i wanted to say hi to uh, all of jen's fans out there she's got a bunch of different fan clubs out there so wanted to say hi to them as well so uh, i see you guys in the chat so and, and just please, and if any any of you want to hit subscribe and subscribe to our channel exactly please do that and see some other up. cool videos with some artists and different things Yep. Yep. So let me, let me look to see. Um, could I, could I buy a, uh, uh, do you know the noise gate cock blocker? I've heard of it. Yeah. Can I buy that on Sweetwater? No, I don't think so. I have to talk to Glenn. He has to change this because this is one of the best noise gates I've ever used in my entire life. Really? Uh, yeah. It's the first noise gate that um, really works like a, dynamic musical noise gate instead of like just like you know this typical cuffing that this you know you play a note and you're like eh, 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 mm -hmm. <laughs> and i mean they become better you know as time moves on but the one the cock blocker <laughs> the noise gate that glenn uh, came up with is fantastic he gave me one and we made a video you know and it's it's really a fantastic noise gate huh uh, I, I haven't heard it yet. I'll have to check it out. Me either. That's cool. Absolutely. It's, I, it's fantastic. I know he had a whole issue with reverb that wouldn't sell it. Damn it. I remember. Yeah. They, they, well, they pulled it. They, I think they had it on there and they didn't, they didn't allow it or something like that. And the same with the, uh, the pussy melter. Sorry for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, have you heard that pedal too? That was from, uh, the guy from, um, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know. Okay. I'm a girl. I'm a female electric guitar player. What do you think? <laughs> Of course I know about it. Sorry. That's not necessarily going too far. The question is, were you offended by it? By the pussy melter? Yeah. I'm like, good, come on, it's, it's Steel Panther. Okay. It's Steel Panther. So you, so you, you have to be offended that. by the whole band and the whole idea that they <laughs> exactly. portray with their thing and art. And they are... I don't want to make a joke about this, but they the guys are phenomenal musicians, mm -hmm. and and Absolutely. I think the the music and the the songs even like the, the songwriting is great. It's just you know, it's the shtick. It's that's the thing. I you know, I, yep. Yeah, so yeah. I would probably not play a pedal with that name. I would play a cock blocker at, at any time though. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I've ever been a fan of. I've not been a fan of people who have been a cock blocker, though. So, oh, what is happening? <laughs> going down a, it's going down ah! a long time. So, um, yeah. Anyway, make sure you guys check. Didn't you want to take water. a look into the chat and find some questions because I told everybody oh, to prepare their nerdy questions. So, yeah, there's questions here. Uh, Kenneth Davis. Okay, Kenneth. Did you try a a pop tart while you were on tour? Okay, so here's the thing. I was very active on YouTube um, for the past two years during the pandemic. I did the incredible One Minute Jams. For those of you who don't know the One Minute Jams, check them out. They're on my YouTube channel where I invited several 
awesome, famously worldwide known musicians just to join me for a cover song, like an 80s disco pop, fun, rock, whatever song. And I had guys like Nico McBrain, Mike Portnoy, Richie Kotzen, Billy Sheehan, uh, I don't know, the list is endless, uh, Alex Skolnick, uh, endless. And Kenneth was always in the in the live chats and he somehow managed to like turn the entire conversation into Pop-Tart things. <laughs> so no, Kenneth, I was in the States for three months and I have not tried any Pop-Tarts. We usually have Pop-Tarts in our tour bus, but I don't know. We had mac and cheese this time, no Pop-Tarts. So I'm mm -mm. Mm. sorry. Oh, well. Funny you pick exactly this question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have from, a question from Gemmajura Italia. Uh, what, what's your least favorite instrument to play? Ooh. Oh, good one. Uh, Simona runs my uh, Italian fan club, and she was the first fan club out there. Appreciate her. Uh, the least favorite. I, th hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I think no. Maybe, maybe, maybe the saxophone, because it's really different. It's because it's a brass instrument, and it's like, yeah. Every every time I practice, like my entire face hurts, and I'm, I'm good with when my fingertips hurt, you know, like or my shoulders and my back. Okay, all right, but when your jaw and your face hurts from playing an instrument, it, that's weird. So yeah. I guess saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you pick up the saxophone? Why uh, not? Yeah. Okay. Why not? <laughs> and I did this uh, one minute jam together with Alex Skolnick and Mike Magini. And I said, well, we're going to play Sir Duke and I'm going to play the fucking intro. I Do I know how to play saxophone? No. Am I going to play it? Yeah. So I took a lesson literally because I, I couldn't really play it. And I took a lesson and uh, yeah, learned how to play the intro for Sir Duke. And that's literally the only thing that I can play on that song. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, this is a great comment from uh, Jordana Ouellette. You're inspiring my six-year-old niece. She looks up to Amy and now wants to play guitar because Jen is cool. She also asked to shave the sides of her hair. <laughs> no, 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 no. Strawberry. <laughs> okay. This is strawberry squat uh, material right here. I love her little niece because I sent her happy birthday wishes and uh, Jordana is a long time Evanescence fan and quickly mm. became a fan of me when I joined the band and she did the sweetest thing, Jordana, I'm, I have to tell that. So I was stuck in California over the holidays and New Year's and, you know, far away from my parents, my family and the home. And um, her and Lindsay Schoolcraft from, um, you know, she, Lindsay and I are, she's a fantastic harp player. She did a jam, one minute jam together with Jennifer Batten. Mm. And um, they created this beautiful, ah, beautiful video um, where they reach out to all kinds of like colleagues and friends of mine um, to collect video messages just to let me know that I'm not alone, you know, over Christmas when you're so far away from home. Mm -hmm. uh, I watch it and I I cried for hours. <laughs> so thank you, Jordana, for that. Mm. Thank you so much. And uh, absolutely, do not allow your niece to shave her head. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I get the feeling she might anyway. <laughs> uh, who knows? But if, if she does it, do it on both sides. Because I remember um, in 20, what was that? 13, 14, I had a, a side cut where only one side was shaved. Growing that out was the worst time of my life. It was so hard. So if you do it, do both hopefully sides. don't do both sides. <laughs> I think I'm growing it out right now. Like I, I think I'm, you know, that was a quite cool look for quite a while, but maybe I should get puffy again and get like my hair back. I don't know. Anyway, moving on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, think, I think it looks good. Um, Thank you. Valeria Soto. How did your killer and badass Pia perform? Feeling tone-wise, anything that grabbed your attention compared to your gem? Now that you played both of them live. Great question. Oh, Valeria. Valeria runs uh, Gemajura Chile. Um, okay. I've never talked about this, uh, but I took the Pia with me for this tour for her per ever first live performances. And um, we have this awesome song that we perform called Loose Control. And there is... I have to admit, I didn't know the song before it was on the set list. Then I first listened to it and I'm like, okay, it's a riffing song. You know, it goes like, gong, 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 gong. I'm like, okay, I can play this on the Pia. And when we um, all gathered for rehearsal in Nashville, Amy was like, oh, there's this crazy part. So in the mix on the album, this crazy part was all the way mixed to the back so i i didn't pay attention to it i was like okay this is just an effect rolling in the back and she's like no 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 you have to play this and i'm like wait a minute this is like dive bombs and and like harmonics and pitch and you know pick scraps and shit like i'm like really and she said yeah so i was absolutely de determined to use the pia for this one and they even made me walk up to the highest riser for this solo and I was like, okay, let's put this guitar to the test. Like, what can she actually, you know, do? And I have to say, um, the harmonics, like the way the pickups react to the strings is, it's phenomenal. It's you, whenever you play like a lot of like, you do the dive bomb thing mm -hmm. and you go like, Ooh, you always during a live situation have this moment of like, will it work? Right. every single time because you have to stand still and find the millimeter of like exactly where to put your fingers and and then still do you use the pick in the right angle and and stuff like that makes you nervous so i was very very nervous and most of the times i don't know at least for me when i do live performances i feel like i'm giving way too much like i mean movement wise when it comes to stuff like that and i was a little bit nervous but it sounded fantastic it has a beautiful variety of mm. clearance and tones um i just really love that guitar i mean the literally the only problem i had with my pia was in the beginning i was like okay you know how cool it looks when you hold your guitar on your when you are and you just go like, right 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 so i you did that, that yeah no i forgot that the cable wasn't long enough Oh. So right during the first times when I did that solo spot on the top riser, I was like, yeah, unplugged. And I'm like, this is great. Not. <laughs> <laughs> and so we changed the system, you know, we got it a, a pack on, on the bell and everything. So everything was fine. But uh, that was the only problem I had with the guitar. And also, I love to like, you know, push down the whammy bar. 
and just hold the guitar neck to the front until mm-hmm. the strings literally hang loose. Right, wrapping. Yeah. And of course, after you do something like that, you're like, okay, will my guitar be in tune? Not once out of tune. Not yeah. once. So I'm really, really happy with my Pia, and I can't wait to see her again. And I hope she's doing fine wherever she is right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw them when they came out at Nam, and I was like, wow, these, these are gorgeous. They really I are. mean, honestly, the colors. I like the white one. The white. This is what I got. I had okay. the white Pia, but then I got Dave uh, do the, the phenomenal paint job on it. Because could you picture yourself with a Envy green guitar? No, nah, it's not for me, <laughs> right? No, yeah, or all gold, yeah, or whatever the other colors were. But the gold, white one's really pink and envy green. Steve likes his green. I mean, it's, those guitars are perfect for Steve. Have you guys seen the new guitar that Steve is showing these days on social media? I saw it's on the cover of Guitar World, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw the prototype of this more. guitar. Oh, really? Years ago, when I went to see uh, the LA custom shop for Ibanez, and we went into this room, and there was a like a wooden prototype of that guitar. It was different. I, I'm not allowed to talk about this, but I saw it, and when I saw the cover of guitar, I was like, "This is this is the guitar." It's just modified <laughs> a little bit more, a little bit easier, a little. It's crazy to say, but a little less less next. <laughs> <laughs> a little less but next. It's honestly, it's less <laughs> next. <laughs> How many next does that thing have? I forget. I have to look. I, I have to. Too. I haven't I seen it. I gotta look at the cover. <laughs> I think it. I think the 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 prototype had like seven. Wow, that's crazy. It was crazy, and th- yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what's the what's the plan now? We were talking about this yesterday, but uh, maybe you can tell folks, uh, you know, coming up tours and stuff like that for you guys. We're gonna see. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think ever since this pandemic COVID situation happened with planet Earth, everything became really unpredictable, and you cannot say right now whether things are happening in, I don't know, even in two weeks. You know, it's it's hard to say that. Um, so. I'm just sitting here. I'm happy to be back home in Germany. I am redoing my studio, which is kind of exciting. Um, Yeah. And wait for things to come. I really don't know. Maybe Mm. I should probably finally kick my own lazy butt and start writing my third solo album. There you go. There you go. Mm, That never hurts. (laughs) Uh, Plexico. Thanks for the super chat. Kind of early. Uh, Jen, what's the most creative tool in your arsenal? Pedal, amp, guitar, or is it Dave? Dave. Of course it's Dave. What kind of question is that? <laughs> um, I Honestly, I feel like every in, there's a point to it. Every instrument has a kind of um, inspiration. Uh, like I said, I would write different on, on a piano than... I mean, I don't write songs on drums, but, you know, mm. playing a guitar and a specific guitar, I would I would play different on a seven string than I do, for example, on my Pia, you know. So I think probably guitar. And, and also, I have to say, like, the Helix pedal board is, it's just a fucking workstation. Like, the sounds and effects those guys come up with, it, it's ridiculous. And... 
fantastic. So it's a, I guess it's a mixture of Dave, of course, and um, a little bit of guitar and pedalboard. <laughs> but mainly Dave. Mainly Dave, yeah. Uh, Valeria Soto, first and easiest question, thoughts on Steve's new album? Oh, God, I come across like an asshole now. I haven't heard it yet. I haven't heard it either. So. I, oh, thank God, I'm not the only one. <laughs> I, have I, haven't, not, I haven't heard it yet. I just haven't had the chance to, to check it out yet. Yeah. I have it downloaded already. I bought it. But um, the thing is, you know, I, I don't I don't like to check out new music when my mind is not there. You know, I like to like really dive into stuff and hear every little tiny thing on the album. And I feel like with this stupid jet lag that seems to last forever, I'm like just not there yet. So, yeah. but maybe, maybe I, I should slowly dive in. Maybe that'll help me to get out of the jet lag. Could be. Could be, yeah. By the way, I think you were talking about uh, Guthrie Govan, not Guthrie Trap. No, Guthrie Govan. <laughs> yes. Definitely well, the, Guthrie Govan. Guthrie, Go, uh, Guthrie Trap is a great player too, but completely different. Uh, have you ever heard Very, of that's him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very different players. Yeah. Uh, L. Scott says uh, he knows you're a fan of Phil X. Uh, we met at Nam, of course. Where else? Um, and the, the, honestly, that's pretty much it. Hmm. I I don't know. We we are not friends. I mean, no. Gotcha. I know him, and I think highly of him, and he knows me, and hopefully the same way back. But it's not like we're on a phone chat or a call every day. No. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. Uh, here's another question for you from Gemmajura Italia. Uh, do you think you've been a mentor to someone during your career? Those guys come up with great questions, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think as soon as you reach a... Well, this is a good question. Um First of all, yes. The answer is definitely yes. Um, as soon as you reach a level in your career where you realize that you have a voice that's being heard by people, you should definitely use it wisely. And you should you should not only use it for self-promotion and showing off and letting everybody know how great you are. Um, in my world, having that voice that people listen to is mainly about spreading positive energies, um, making people understand that life is good. The glass is half full, not half empty. Um, make them realize to be grateful for a lot of things that happen in life, in everyone's life, whether you are the guitar player of Evanescence or you just a, you know, go into university or you're just a worker at a grocery store it doesn't matter there's a lot of stuff happening in everybody's life what you can be grateful for and i just like to raise raise the awareness of people realizing positive energies and um realizing that being grateful is a great feeling you know and wow this is such a fil oh god what an answer um but definitely to answer simona's question <laughs> I believe answer. that I thank you. I believe that I made an impact for some people's way of thinking, maybe, and 
inspired maybe some people to pick up the guitar and start diving into music and learning to dive into this passion which might help them and i am i couldn't be prouder that i'm really i'm i'm so proud and and happy for everybody who is you know evolving and like trying to become a better person i love that yeah, great answer great Yeah, fantastic answer. Thank you. And thanks for the question. Um, Mr. A, uh, hey, Jen, can you explain how Evanescence organized not only the music, but the stage show of the Synthesis Tour? How did you incorporate the theremin into all of that? Thank you. <laughs> okay, yeah. um, so back to this orchestra tour we did in 2018-19. As we talked about it, and we quickly learned that we're going to merge with pedal boards into the orchestra. It's kind of like if you try to imagine what's it like. It's like strip down all the heavy rock drums, all the heavy distorted guitars, just take the core of a beautiful song and put a beautiful string arrangement to that song and then add like weird oscillator sounds. And, you know, it, it was not about like playing the riffs. It was more about like adding cool, freaky, futuristic sounds. It's kind of like Mozart meets David Guetta, right? And they both just join hands and go to the opera. That's what synthesis felt like for me. Mm. And when we talked about this whole concept, I was like, I'm not going to play a lot of guitar because Troy, our other guitar player, is going to play guitar. Tim, our bass player, is going to play guitar too because he's a guitar player. Um, and I was like, okay, I have to... I have to figure out something that that'll keep me busy, inspired, and um, yeah, just mainly busy. And I came up with the theremin. And for those of you who don't know, a theremin is an, a super old Russian instrument. I think like ninety from or maybe twenties or something, forties. I don't yeah. know. And it's literally the only instrument next to an electric. A laser harp that you can play without physically touching anything. If you want to play the piano, you touch the keys. If you want to play the drums, you touch the sticks. You touch your instrument. But with the theremin, it's literally an instrument that exists of two antennas. One is the pitch antenna. The closer your hand gets to the to the pitch antenna, the higher the note. And the other one is another antenna that controls the volume. And I, well, I just texted Amy. I'm like, hey, what do you think about me learning a theremin for this tour? And she's like, hell yeah. <laughs> and I said, okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm going to buy one and I'm going to learn how to play the theremin. I gave myself something between four and six months. And let me just say, learning how to play the theremin is probably the hardest instrument to learn that is out there there is no physical control you know you push a key on on the piano the tone just like appears magically you push the fret on 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 you push the string down to the fret and you play the string and the tone exists with the theremin finding intonation and all these different hands you know you have different hand um positions how to play it hmm. It's so hard. And I remember when we did the um, rehearsals in, I think it was Kansas City. It was a wooden stage. And we were sitting in the middle of the orchestra. So I had the string section on my right side. And every single time, the viola players would use their bow, you know, and it, it moved into my theremin. So every single time they played a long note, it was like, ooh. <laughs> it was definitely interesting and inspiring. And I still have it. 
my theremin. I, I hardly play it these days, but it's it's fun and it's been a very I like challenges. It was challenging to learn how to play it and I I've loved it. And it was very, very interesting. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I actually didn't. I didn't know how it worked. To be honest with you, I mean, my exposure to the theremin was, of course, Jimmy Page, right? Of course. Right. So, um, and but I never really knew like the what it was all about. How you how you got the sounds from it. So that's a cool well, you should try to play one. It's interesting. I have one. Do you? you do have one. Do you have, have one of these old the school one. ones? No, the or the modern one. ones. The, the modern one, the Moog one. Right. Those were the ones that I took on tour. Yeah, and you have and, all the presets and stuff, and and if you completely ignore all the 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 scale stuff, and you completely ignore the how do they call it, like they put it into instead of it's it's just so hard to play. Huh. Wow. I mean, Dave, can you play "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star" on the theremin? Hell no. <laughs> I can't play anything on the theremin. Don't ask me even why I have it. <laughs> just for noise. Right? Just for fun. Yeah. Come on, it's fun. <clears throat> yeah, no. No, no. And and if you see, there's there's old footage and old music that was originally done, composed on theremins. And if you listen to it, it's some of the most bizarre yeah. stuff ever to yeah, listen totally. to. Yeah, it's, it's, totally. And it's... And you won... It, it, the skill it actually takes to do it is crazy. It's hard. Yeah, I, I realized like being on stage, I sometimes didn't even breathe because even when you breathe and your heartbeat moves your hand just a little bit, mm. that changes the notes you're playing. It, mm -hmm. it was really challenging, but interesting. Like I said, I like challenges. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I commend you for doing that. Uh, Jim Coleman, question for Jen. What would she like to see new from Synergy to help her? It's a great question. <sighs> wow. That's... um. It's hard to answer when you're very comfortable and happy with the gear that you use. Um, I mean, they, they will keep continue to come out with new, um, you know, preamp modules, um, which I don't think will be interesting for me because I'm not looking for anything else as I'm really happy with, with the preamp modules that I play and use. Well, there will be a new VE Deluxe module, which... Ooh. You will have two full EQs. Oh, nice! That is and, okay. And here, here we go. EQs, and yes. so and you can set on the module. You'll be able to set either channel to a BE or an HBE. And then hell there's, no, and then really? There's also a saturation switch and some other things. Yeah, that's coming. Sold. Oh my god! Okay, this is my next module that I'm going to play. I'm going to have two modules in one then. <laughs> yeah. Synergy are you here. Please send it out one to me as soon as yes. it's out. Like I want one of those. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be yeah. like six months from now it'll come out or something. I have well, to wait that long, really? Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe something for sooner. Production to be done with. It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a cool question, um, Adir Lakia. Uh, what do you do when you need to go on stage and really feel bad or not feel like playing? Has it ever happened? Um, I mean, there's different kinds of feeling bad. Um, on this past tour, on the <coughs> it was on the during the first run, I injured my back, mm. and I was taking a lot of painkillers just to be able to move, and you know the show doesn't care so it's showtime and you 
have your guitar and everything. And this is horrible that I'm telling this story. I've, I haven't told this story before, but so I was texting my guitar tech. I'm like, hey, please keep a bucket next to you somewhere in guitar world stage, right? Because I feel nauseous from the back pain that I have. Um, mm. What I do in situations like that is honestly, I even if this turns me into like a weird spiritual person, but I like to uh, do breath work, like uh, med almost meditational breathing exercises to calm down the body and the mind, whatever it is you need to calm down. And I always think about the fact that um, only because I don't feel good, whoever came out to see this show doesn't deserve a bad show. You know, when I walk on stage, I'm always like, I want to give not 100, but 110, 120 percentage. Mm -hmm. I remember back in the days with my ACDC tribute band, we played a show in a, at a venue that held like, I don't know, 1,500 people. And it was literally 31 people there. It was horrible. But at the same time, I'm like, it's not the fault of those 31 people that the promoter did a shit job and nobody else showed up. Mm -hmm. So they deserve a great show. And I always try to like put me into that mindset of like, these people deserve to have a great time. And that's it. Like literally yeah. breathing techniques and mm. focusing on the fact that people will have have the right to just like, have a great time and it's not their fault that you feel bad. I've had, I've had people tell me uh, some stories of being on tour where the catering uh, gave the whole everyone food poisoning. Oh, I had that too. And, uh, and uh -huh. literally everyone had buckets <sighs> and they had to perform. And this isn't like, <laughs> this wasn't, he's, they said the sight of it was unbelievable there uh. before the shows the people were just laying on ramps and it just uh. barfing over ramps and like, Oh my God. Like, eh, the only some people that didn't eat certain things didn't get it. <laughs> oh shit, man. I, I was food poisoned, like for real food poisoned uh, on stage during a tour in 2014. And what makes me really proud, I was puking behind my stupid amp while I was playing. <laughs> I didn't even stop playing. <laughs> Talk of next level of that's badassery. Hardcore. That's <laughs> hardcore right there. Yeah, that's there yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah, but you know, things like that happen. And um, like the it's not the audience's fault that whether you injured your back or the catering suck. So mm -hmm. you know. Right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it makes sense. That's good philosophy. Uh, Jordan Will, uh, Jen, while recording your solo stuff or with a band, do you prefer to run direct through your Helix or whatever effects pedals? Or do you prefer to mic your tube amps for power, warm sound? It has to do, well, you asked specifically about the solo stuff. For my solo stuff, I am a firm believer in mic your cab, put the cab in a good situation, you know, in a room with isolation and try out different you know, scenarios and, and positions and all that. I'm very, very nerdy when it comes to that. Um, with Evanescence, it was different. With Evanescence, we picked out what suits best for the song because our new album, The Bitter Truth, has so many different styles in it. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, there's the super low, heavy, heavy rock sound. And then there's another song that is like, synth sounds and very poppy and we literally uh been going to like from song to song to decide what fits best to the song itself yeah. for my solo stuff man dude i'm old school i mm -hmm. like i like 
a mic or several mics in front of a cab and mic my amp. And I like to twist stuff and, you know, even change like you, you change pickups when you when you double and you play the same track again or mm -hmm. and um, yeah, so I'm definitely old school. Cool. So cool. I got a little rabbit hole to go down with you then. Then so, oh, no. so um, well, so if what's what mics are you using? Okay, this is a question for my friend Martin Buchwalter, who has been oh. recording all of my albums that I've ever recorded, solo albums and with the ACDC band and former stuff. And so it's literally his studio. I know that we use a lot of Neumann. And um, I think there's a, I think, of course, like everywhere else in SM58, I guess. It's everywhere. 57, yeah. Right? It's 57, 58, whatever. Yeah. Mm. Um, and um, I don't know. I can't answer this question. I'm okay. Sorry. And then what about pickups? What are, what are some of your favorite pickups that you use? Okay. I use uh, Fishman pickups because also something that changed when I entered Evanescence. Um, I had a beautiful seven string. No, it was a baritone guitar. And we have this song called Going Under. And the riff is gong, 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 silence. Gong, 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 gong silence and uh, you know when you play certain aggressive i don't want to name them but um aggressive very high output uh pickups you get right. and i was i was like this is not working i can't this is not working and um so i talked to the fishman guys and they they gave me you know they i they gave me a tour at their factory and I looked at all the stuff that they do <laughs> and it's fascinating like the 3D layer printing of pickups it's fascinating and it's completely hum free um I said okay I'll give it a try just to see if it works you know you I heard about it it was great and I heard from my friend Ola from it uh, he literally gave me the contact mm. and um yep fell in love with it and equipped all my guitars with Fishman Fluence pickups and I am very happy with that. On my jam floral pattern one, though, I have worked with um, a friend of mine. Is uh, his name is Ed Heisler. He does um, he does this phenomenal thing, and I still have a super hard time to explain what it actually does. Um, he has this uh, company called Matt Hatter Guitar Products. Uh, he's based in Phoenix, Arizona, and. To make a long story short, he turned my five-way switch into a 10-way switch. There's mm -hmm. a push-pull option, and it makes like every pickup sound even more like it is supposed to sound. Hmm. It's like a little booster. It's like a little mid-booster. It's like a little softener. It's like a little crispy upper. I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's it really it doesn't matter when you play high-gain stuff. Um, because all the high-gain just kills everything like that. But um, for... Like I said, again, like my solo stuff, it was really, really beautiful to have all these options. And I I plan on, you know, like working more with Ed in the future on more guitars. We'll see. Cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. That's cool. Uh, we got a super chat from I Iker. Is it Ilker? <laughs> Ilker. Ilker. <laughs> Uh, Guliner, uh, thanks for the super chat, man. Um, will you do a solo tour and plan to come to Turkey? I would love to come back to Turkey, man. I love this country and it's the last time we've been there. Oh, it's so 
such good food. Mm. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm a foodie. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, well, solo tour, we'll see about that. First of all, I feel like if I would now start touring on my second solo album, Insanity, it would feel weird mm. four years after the release, you know. Right. Let me first write new music and come up with a third solo album, and then we'll talk again. Cool. So when you when you work on your solo stuff, do you collaborate with anybody, or is it all solo, just you? Just you oh, or? Uh, well, for the writing process, most of the time, I, I am comfortable with writing alone because I am the control freak that I am. But at the same time, when I'm in the studio and I get a physical human flesh and blood drummer, I'm like, well, show me what you got. Like, go even crazier. Mm -hmm. Come on, show me how crazy <laughs> you can be. Um, and for, uh, you know, like I have on, on Insanity, I had guest solo spots of Alex Golnick, Jeff Waters, Matthias Ia Eklund. A lot of friends joined that album. And I didn't do that to have the option of name dropping. Mm. You know, like, hey, yeah. I buy this big name and hey. then my album is going to be... I hate shit like that. I fucking hate it. Um, <laughs> I... Uh, no, honestly, I, I, I was worried I, about. I just love you. <laughs> I, love I was just, I was just worried that that people would think of me that way. You know, like, yeah. wow, look, she's got this, all these great players on on her album. She does that just to reach more attention, and and, but the truth is, really, I these are my friends. I mm. I'm just lucky enough to call these awesome, talented players my friends, and. I've already uh, talked for future collaborations. <laughs> um, I think maybe Guthrie's going to be up for one solo and Ron Bumblefoot. He, he was like, well, I'm going to play one solo. And I'm like, cool. Now I just got to write the songs. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the hard part, right? <laughs> Although I wrote one song in 2020 or 2021. I don't, I don't remember. I think 2020. It's all a blur. I feel yeah <laughs> it's it is right it is crazy yeah. and the thing is when you don't when you, when your life consists of sitting on a couch what are you gonna write about you know everybody's mm. like now you've got all this time on your hands did you write two three four new albums i'm like no i haven't even written a single thing because what am i supposed to write about like the couch blues it's nothing is happening in my life because the world is on pause yeah so i wrote one song and it's called it's called testicles. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a cool song. So this is the first song for my new album. I wrote one song, and yeah, now testicles. let's see if inspiration hits me back, and I'm gonna go like, oh yeah, right. What inspired the testicle song? Okay, first time <laughs> me ever talking about this. No, no, no. You'll be surprised. You'll be I had surprised. I was completely obsessed at that time with Devin Townsend's podcast. Devin is a friend of mine, and he decided to put out this podcast. And I was pushing it and pushing it. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not listening. I know Devin. I need time to listen to this. I can't listen just 10 minutes and then pause and just... So I waited for months until I started listening to his podcast. And it's fantastic. Like his podcast talking about all the experience, how his recording the albums over the years and decades was. It's just so good. It's so good. And there's so much that I can relate to. So nevertheless, I was listening to a lot of Devin Townsend, pot, the Devin Townsend podcast. And I truly believe this has something to do with the song. Um, I was teaching in my music school. 
and I was driving back home in the evening and I, it was dark, it was night. And I looked to the trees on the side of the street and they, they had rainbow colors. And I was like, okay, this is it. I'm, I lose my mind. I'm going insane. <laughs> this is it. It's over. I'm losing my mind. And so that literally inspired the song. Okay. This is a stupid explanation why it's called testicle. Okay, here's, I have to tell you the lyric of the chorus. Let me live inside your testicles to recreate my existence. Let me crawl back to your uterus and define me new. Hmm. There. Okay. So that's gotcha. the song. That makes sense. Inspired by Devin Townsend. <laughs> and I actually sent him a text. I was like, hey, Devin, I wrote a song called Testicles inspired by you. <laughs> 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 uh, all right was he flattered or insulted no he never got back to me about that <laughs> <laughs> that's funny but he was part of the beautiful uh christmas video and everybody let me know that i'm not alone and so you know i feel like he's not mad at me or maybe <laughs> things that he thinks i'm a nutcase but that's fine it's Devin. he's allowed to yes uh eric johnson uh, not the Eric Johnson, but I was just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, thoughts on the blue floral gem versus the Pia. Um, yeah, I thought they must sound similar because it's Steve Vai guitars, right? Um, when I saw the pickups of the Pia, I'm like, okay, this is going to harm the way the sound is being translated through the body and everything because they got all these beautiful like little almost Gucci looking or whatever designer looking covers on the pickups. And, and I was again, skeptical. I'm a, I'm a big skeptic person. I always raise my skeptical eyebrow. I'm like, really <laughs> prove me wrong, you know, but um, honestly, uh, the sound is surprisingly transparent. And like I said, I, I checked it out and it's, it definitely has a higher output than the floor pattern one. Um, I thought it would be the opposite. I thought it would be less output, less, you know, hot, but mm. it was super hot and it has definitely, um, a signature sound to itself. Um, but, uh, I, I, I can't even say what I like better because like I said, the, the, the jam is equipped with the Mad Hatter guitar product, Terminator mm. kill switch thing. Right. Um, and my Pia is... I like it, but it's not as inspiring as the jam floor pattern for me, for me personally. And also playing wise, like handling when you play it. I know I have to work on that, but when you play with a guitar pick and your guitar pick gets stuck in between the strings because of the pickup coverage, you know, it's like, mm. um, I just have to learn how to become a better technical player, I guess. Maybe the PR is perfect for that. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> That's cool. Um, Kenneth Davis, how did the reunion between you and Cookie go? Uh, not yet. You guys have no clue who Cookie is, huh? No clue. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> I assume maybe it might be a pet, I assume. Yes, it is. Okay. I have, um, you know, due to pandemic situations and sitting at home and losing my mind and writing songs like Testicle, <laughs> I thought, hey, why don't you get yourself a pet? And I uh, bought a beautiful little blue turquoise yellow budgie and named him cookie 
Cookie is talking a lot. Cookie can say things like, I eat cupcakes and crunchy cheese cracker. Evanescence is the shit and stuff like that. <laughs> he's amazing. Well, oh my and God. as of right now, um, he's um, still with my parents. I'm going to see my parents tomorrow. Oh, cool. So tomorrow I'm going to reunite with Cookie. Finally, I miss that little fluff ball like crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe they'll have some, have some new things to say. Oh, actually, <laughs> Cookie made a Cookie made. A, um, um, he's on a record. So I have this friend of mine called Chris Clairhood, um, who is a promoter in Southeast Asia. And he sent me an email, asked me if I would be interested in joining for one song. So what he did, uh, what he did was like um, taking a lot of electronical programming and he sent the single stamps over to the artist and you could like edit and cut and copy paste and make your own song out of his programming. And on the album, which is honestly one of the main reasons why I also said I have to do this is uh, Ron Bumble Football. Guthrie Govan, Jack Gardiner, Matthias Ia-Eklo and Per Nielsen. You know, the list is endless. And I'm like, I, I want to be the only female guitar player on that album. Hmm. And then I thought, well, why not include Cookie? So Cookie's on that album too. And he says, in a little break, I programmed this break. And Cookie goes like, chicken wing. <laughs> <laughs> right in the break. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's funny. Chicken All right. wing. Um, I wanted to ask you also speakers. Mm -hmm. What speakers do you use? Honestly, I do not know what I use on stage with Evanescence because I hardly see my gear with Evanescence. That's mm. something that I is really, really weird. Is it Synergy Cabs? Is it a, I was going to say, is it Synergy Cabs? It's, probably... it's Synergy Cabs. Yeah, but I don't know what the speakers are inside of the because for thirties then. Yeah, but yeah. they're kind of like combined. They're not four by twelve, four of the same type of type of speakers. I think. Oh, then it's greenbacks and it's definitely greenbacks. Yeah, greenbacks and uh, vintage thirties. I think so. That because mm. I remember back in the days when I had the the meeting with the synergy guys, I remember like we checked out different cap versions and stuff, and I remember this one cap and the same preamp module. The Freakman. And I was like, wow, this sounds like really different through this cap. Like, why is this so much? Why is it so much more warmer and like thicker? And then he said, well, this is the combination of like vintage 30. Yeah, that, that's what it is. Yeah, that's, it, it's basically, it's my cap, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, See, it that's is my cap. It. It's yeah. Yeah, it's a nice combo of the V3. The only yeah, thing is, like I, I said, I don't know if we use this for Evanescence. Because I wasn't involved in the shipping, you know, and ordering mm. the whole thing for the Evanescence tour. So I hardly see my gear and I don't know. But for me at home, I definitely have a 4x12 and a 2x12 and it's vintage 30s and clean that. I meant to ask you all also earlier, what's the process of writing with Evanescence? This answer might be very disappointing for you, but it's literally jamming out together in a room like a rock band. <laughs> great that is great um, that's the perfect answer yeah i know it's people always expect amy to be like the the super boss and the queen of everything and mm -hmm. she decides it but and she is she is and i say that with a lot of love and respect um but it's the original idea of writing as a band is you jam together you hang out in a room everybody's 
joining ideas. One starts an idea, everybody else joins. You figure out, hey, that's cool. Let's try to do the try to do this, try to do that. Um, that is pretty much how the writing ses- session in Canada went. That was in 2019. <laughs> um, and then we gathered in, was it 2020? I think it was 2020. Oh my God, such a big blur. Um, we gathered in Nashville and recorded the first four chunks of songs for the new album. And we all just sat in the room and Nick, our producer, who also worked with Foo Fighters and, and Tool and Rush and oh my God, everybody. Um, he was there with his drumsticks and he was listening to us and dancing with his drumsticks. And whenever he, you know, picked out something that was cool by one of the band members, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. give me more of that. Yeah, let's do this. Uh-huh, let's go. And um, so you just play and the communication with through your instruments with the band members is just like creating the songs. And of course, then I flew back um, to Europe and everybody's like, yada, yada, party, 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 see you next month. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, as if. And then this shit happened. And I was stuck in Europe for two years and there was no chance to get me back to the studio to literally be physically in the studio with Amy and the guys in Nashville. So... They worked on the songs, sent me the music, and I added what I felt was right and demanded by the song or the, you know, the production. Mm-hmm. And that was it, which was super tough for me. And at the same time, beautiful, because that was my only way to connect with my my friends. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just missed my friends. It's not a job. It's my friends that are on the other side of the planet. And I'm here. And I can't see them and I can't join them. And so music was literally the the one thing that kept me together with them. That's great. Yeah. And sorry to hear that. You know, I'm glad glad you were able to collaborate with them and take your mind yeah. off of some of the craziness that was going on. Um, we also have a, a super chat that I missed from Arthur Gonzalez. Uh, Jen, is there an artist you want to collaborate with? Is there any ground you haven't covered? What am I going to say now? I mean, okay, the one-minute jams make it really, really hard to say that I. If everybody was on that series on YouTube, please check it out. If you haven't, mm. go to my YouTube channel, check out the one-minute jams. It's fun to watch. Whenever I'm in a bad mood and I'm sad, I just go watch that playlist and I'm happy again. Um, I have to say Nuno Betancourt now, right? <laughs> there you go. You have to say. <laughs> there you go. That's cool. We'd like to get Nuno on the show too, if so. If you have any pull in that way too, he know. hardly speaks to me. He just agreed to go on a dinner with me, but can't answer my text messages. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Um, uh, Rola Jabber, question for oh, Jen: yes. what, What's your favorite song to play live during the tour? This tour. <sighs> Another question that I love. Um, It changed from day to day, to be honest. So we did these um, meet and greets where people were sitting in in like a small group of people, of meet and greet people. And we did like a press conference thing because, of course, the hugging and the picture with the band was not possible in times of COVID. Um, And a lot of people asked this question, like, what's your favorite song to perform live? And I really have to say uh, it changes from day to day. So sometimes I would be like, I'm looking forward to play the first track, which was Broken Piece of Shine, the opening track. But then I'm like, I'm looking forward to the last song. So 
for me personally, I think the song Broken Pieces Shine was one of the most emotional ones because I know what the song is about and how it started and how it developed. So Broken Pieces Shine is definitely a very, very important song for me to play live uh, and sing. And also, this is something like I'm very proud that on the new Evanescence album, I am also listed as a background vocalist because this is the first Evanescence album with other female vocals than Amy's on it. Yeah. And I do a lot of singing and mm. which is also surprising because a lot of people don't know. A lot of people know, yeah, Gemma Jura, the metal guitar player. Mm. Yeah, but I'm singing as well. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I have to admit, I haven't heard your solo albums. Do you sing on the solo albums as well? You did not. I'm very, I'm leaving this chat right now. I'm you so just, disappointed. So smack me. Who's there? Yeah. Who's there in the back? Dave Who are you? That's John. His coworker. Hi, John. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yes, I, I sang on my solo album, both of them. Oh, cool. And Insanity, I released Insanity in 2017, and it literally became, uh, it's, it's, it's everything that I wanted my solo album to be like. It's honest. It's, it's, there's, you know, when you do, when you do release an album, and you listen back to it, most of the time, first of all, you're sick of listening to it because you did all the mixes. You listen to this music like forever, mm -hmm. for hours. So I never had this moment of being sick of my music, first of all. And when I listen back by now, there's not this one, this one moment where I would be like, oh, I could have done better. You know, every musician has that. When they listen back to their music, their song release, their EP, their album, whatever, you have this one moment where you're like, and only you know. The fans don't know, but you know. You could have done better. I don't have this <laughs> with my album, and I am, I couldn't be prouder of That's Insanity. great. I'm really happy. It's exactly the way that I wanted it to be. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, we've got a few more questions. I know Dave has to roll because um, he's got to get to work and work on some amps. Yeah, you better get that module ready, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Actually, <laughs> actually, that is something I got to work on. Uh, Maddie Mulcahy, uh, how does Evanescence divide the dressing rooms? Do you all mingle before the show or take time alone to get into the zone? Um, we have two dressing rooms. One is for Amy. Not because she's a diva, but mainly because the guys were like, oh, you're vocal warm-ups. So we have two dressing rooms. There's the <laughs> band dressing room and there's Amy's dressing room. Um, I am a mixture of both dressing rooms, I guess, because, you know, you have to change and get ready and do your makeup and stuff. And I feel weird when somebody's like shooting hoops next to me. And <laughs> so, you know, it's we have two dressing rooms, Amy and the band, and I'm in both. Gotcha. Got it. That's cool. Uh, so, Arthur Gonzalez, I got your question. So, thank you also. Um, just trying to see if there's any other questions that I missed. Because I know something just came in from Rummy. Oh, okay. Super chat. Uh, what di I see it. Yeah. What diplomatic and communication skills are key when being a side player in a band? Always show up prepared learn fast um adjust fast and try to 
try to be helpful instead of depressing. <laughs> you know, it sounds weird, but like you have to have a certain attitude and nobody wants to work with an asshole. So right. just be mm -hmm. human, be humble. Be cool. Be, yeah. It's just nobody wants to work with an asshole. It's, it's as easy as that. And um, whenever cool, you... Know your place. Ex exactly. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's, that's important too. Know your place. Exactly. Depend, and that situation is different in every in every scenario so it's yes. uh, yeah there's different how how far you know your place <laughs> it's, exactly it's night when i've worked with artists over the years you know it's it's like you have you know when i worked working with eddie van halen for years it's like you know your place you yeah. know you he doesn't want to be told what you think he he wants to tell you what he wants exactly yeah but you're totally right i agree 100 percent. know your place exactly yeah and just show up as a supportive humble human being instead of the big asshole rock star nobody wants that right and yeah, always right. be aware of the fact there's 200 guys that want to get your job that's true too uh like pete thorne says be a good hang yeah yeah right? exactly exactly um, so I know we've got to wrap up because Dave's got to roll. Uh, do you, Dave? You still yes. got to? Okay. <laughs> do you? I love <laughs> I do. how you yeah. ask. <laughs> All right. I just wanted to make sure. Uh, so guys, make sure you, uh, hit the subscribe button for us, please. Um, and also, uh, check out Sweetwater, check out Jen and, uh, her solo stuff. Check her out on YouTube and, uh, check her out in Evanescence. And I can't thank you enough, Jen, getting yes, to know thanks, you. Jen. Thank you, you guys so show. much for having me. This yep. was so much fun. Thank you so much. Oh, it's awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Maybe we can do a part two one day. Absolutely. Um, uh, next time Sorry, you're, yeah. you're in LA, please look me up. Absolutely. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to yep. shoot you a text. Yes, absolutely. Cute. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. All right, everybody. Our next guest is Dave Navarro, uh, February 11th. And uh, so looking forward to that. And check us out on Twitter, Facebook, all that other crap. And uh, we'll see you soon. <laughs> all right. Take care, right. everybody. See Jen, ya. hang on one second while we say goodbye, okay?